Welcome to An Eye for Business. Exploring the entrepreneurial mindset of people who are blind or vision impaired. Brought to you in partnership between Blind Citizens Australia and Vision Australia. Welcome back to An Eye for Business. I'm Vaughan Benison. In this program, we feature Duncan Stewart. Duncan will, of course, tell us all about his business. But after a long and successful career in information technology, he did some more study and became an artist manager. Duncan, thanks for joining us on this podcast series. Why don't you start by telling us about you? Where did you get started and, uh, you know, where did you grow up, etc.? So um, I was born born way back in the 60s um, and I was born totally blind. I uh, had about 14 operations by the time I was a teenager. I have sight now, just under 50%. So um, I'm really lucky in that I have many. I was born with advanced cataracts. Uh, so to have sight now and for it to be stable is, is a godsend. Um, but it also makes me aware of the fact that um, you, because I've done a bit of work in health and wellness to to live your life to the full and achieve all that you can. So um, I went to school, went to uni, uh, ended up doing a double degree in accounting and IT, and then ended up in accounting for about uh, about five or six years, and then IT for about another 20, I guess. Um, my father and my stepmom were accountants, and my mum was an artist. She was um, she played piano and she, she did pottery, she was a painter, she did all that sort of stuff. So she was very creative. So I kind of have the blend of both of them in myself in that I've, I've actually played piano since I was about six and love music and always been, it's always been part of my life. So um, in about uh, 2014, I was working in IT and decided that it was time for a change. Um, and I thought to myself, okay, that I've spent, you know, 20 odd years involved in negotiating, doing contracts, doing business development, working with people to achieve what they want to achieve, whether that's through products or services. I thought maybe I can convert these skills into an area that I'm passionate about, i.e. in the music industry. So tell us about your business. What is it that you do? So my business is called Platinum Creative. Um, it's a bit of a quirky name because the creative has an eight in it because I'm born in the eighth month and eight is always a been a lucky number. So, and there were, the other thing was there was a lot of platinum. There was a lot of creatives spelt traditionally out there, so I had to think outside the box and come up with a name that was a bit different. Um, so basically, my business started off being supporting people in the music industry, helping them release music, helping them build their career, helping them get past all the obstacles that are out there, all the people that say no, uh, help them to to build their awareness, build their social media background, etc. I did a degree at 49 in, in entertainment management. Um, I was coming out of that halfway through that degree. I started working with a young lady by the name of Brittany Leo, who I helped release her first album which she then got on and got her onto several radio stations for interviews and the album did really well. Um, and I was still at uni at this time and I was like, okay, I think I, I'm doing okay at this. Uh, um, she had some success and, uh, 
one thing led to another. I finished my degree, uh, and then I was, by chance, happened to be introduced to Rachel Leacar, who is um, a blind singer-songwriter from Adelaide, uh, who was on the first season of The Voice, who did very well. she herself has uh, retinitis pigmentosa and has now about 9% sight left because of the condition. So we struck up a conversation. I ended up uh, over in Adelaide uh, and then ended up working with her. And what I found was that because we had both had lived experience, I understood what she had gone through. And I also understood from the music industry side of th- things and the business side of things Uh, how I could help her moving forward. She subsequently now has five top top 10 charting albums, um, has sung nationally and internationally, and put out a uh, Christmas album a couple of years ago in six languages and managed to uh, be very well known. And I've helped her manage to get some really good gigs nationally and internationally. And I guess that's where my business has kind of headed since 2017 it's been working with artists with disabilities to help them navigate the music industry and uh, attain a career so it's a little bit different i suppose really isn't it from being an agent where you're getting gigs and things like that is is that right well i do both um platinum creative will represent artists for getting gigs um and this, that's not to say that we have about 17 or 18 artists now half of them have a disability half of them don't uh, I have some very good association with, with organisations that do regular gigs. So uh, they're always looking for artists for national anthems and things like that. So uh, although I also do management as well as representation. So management is, a, is the next step, basically, where we look at your career, look at uh, multiple income streams, all that sort of thing, whether it's licensing music, whether it's being a professional speaker like Rachel is because she can speak on disability and all those sorts of things, which opens up other options for her as well, but also other artists as well too. So, um, and we also offer music services, services around releasing music, services around offering social media management and other other related kind of topics to help people in the music industry. So it's I found that if, if I was able to look at multiple multiple areas, not only for myself, but also for my artists, multiple areas of income, obviously, um, the business would be more successful. So I'm interested in your business model from the perspective of, uh, it, it's, it's fairly clear what you do, but how do you actually get an income from that? Is that derived by percentages from, from the artists that you, uh, that you assist, or are there other, me- other methods of, uh, of gaining income there? Well, as far as the business is concerned, yes, it's uh, there is a management fee, there is a representation fee that is a gig-by-gig basis. Uh, there is also oper- offering services for artists. Uh, for example, if you wanted to release an album or release music, I can release it, take it to radio, take it to media outlets, get you on the radio, do those sorts of things. And there is a, there is a cost for doing that in terms of, mm. you know, whatever, how much time I put into it, how much you're prepared to spend. So that is more of a fee-for-service kind of scenario. Uh, Then there's the uh, management representation where it's a gig-by-gig percentage scenario. So there's there's multiple ways to do it. Mm. 
when you were leaving your IT career and thinking about this uh, as a business, what were some of the things you thought that because of your vision impairment might uh, might prove difficult for you, and how did you overcome those? I think, obviously, I was I was very scared. Obviously, as you would be, uh, you know, getting out into the wide world by yourself on your own. Um, having said that, though, back in the nineties, I started a part time business with a friend and which became very successful uh, in that case obviously i was working with a another partner so i wasn't necessarily exposed 100 percent to um the world out there although i did you know obviously i had lots of experience with 20 years in it working with people who were you know had disabilities and didn't have disabilities so i was very much used to um being potentially knocked back uh, not because of my disability or my condition but I was very pretty, uh, pretty tough in that I was um, able to get out there, give it a go, knowing that uh, it wasn't initially my uh, my primary source of income, uh, but it, it allowed me to do what I thought I could do best, and the success came from not only the experience that I had that I could could utilize in the new business but also what I had learned at university that was backing that up, the contacts that I was developing within the industry, um, members and organisations and mentor, mentors within the industry that you know support people that uh, run their business and Music Victoria and other organisations like that have lots of information available to be able to help you to run a business or to help you be in the music industry and do what you do. I'm interested in your, your specific motivation to make this your business. I mean, why specifically artists with a disability? That's just the way it's come about. It's it's, it's funny because uh, obviously I started working with Rachel in Adelaide. Uh, Lara, who was on The Voice in 2017, Lara Knackley, uh, who idolised Rachel. I reached out to her. Next thing you know, I'm working with her. Uh, another year later... Um, I'm working with Connor Wink uh, for other reasons, but they, Lara and Connor knew each other. They were looking for a manager. I was rec- I was recommended, and Connor was on The Voice this year. Um, his audition song has had over seven and a half million views in three months. Uh, he's doing well, and there's an album. You know, there's an album in the works. So it's I've been really lucky in that those people that I have met, I've been able to show my skills and experience, uh, build trust, build a reputation, and be able to do what I do uh, based on my ability. Mm. And I think it's, uh, as I say, my my business is kind of a little bit outside the box. It doesn't necessarily follow the traditional you know, ways you might look at it, but it's because I guess I'm passionate about what I do. I believe in trust and working together. Uh, when, when I start working with an artist, I, you know, I'm not, I don't promise the world. I say, look, let's work together, see where it goes. Let's, let's build trust. Let's build um, our working relationship and then see what happens. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And you can't be dismayed by that. But um, in these three cases, the three artists that I do manage, um, it's been very successful. Um, and then I've, uh, for example, we've got an event coming up in September up on the Central Coast where uh, both Lara and Connor are performing because they're from New South Wales because they're not too far away. Um, but there was also an opportunity to bring in another artist that I only represent from Sydney who is 
um, she has uh, she's losing her sight. She has cerebral palsy, but she actually her, her name is uh, Summer Giddings. But she also is a world record holder in the long jump in X thirty five. So she again has a very interesting story to tell in that you know she's got experience on the international stage, but her passion is music. Uh, and she's studying at university as well. She just started her first year in um, cybersecurity degree. So she will actually be coming up to the Central Coast and doing a, uh, a set with uh, a, a set to support Lara and Connor. And then they will, they will be at this. Um, it's actually the first sensory tourism uh, conference that has ever been held. And it's been uh, run by Cocky Guides. And they invited me to. Uh, have three of my artists involved, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So something very different. Um, but it meant too that the oppor- these opportunities come along and then you get to uh, offer artists that potentially may not have otherwise had the opportunities. But that's where you you build a reputation and you build uh, relationships with people that, uh, that then, um, you know, flourish as a result. Mm. One, of the, one of the other things I do is I run a concert that we... Uh, it's an online concert called White Stick Fest. It started during COVID as a radio program for three hours in 2020. Uh, it then transformed into a three and a half hour video YouTube concert last year where we had, and it, it celebrates International White Caden Day on the 15th of October, but last year we had 29 low vision and blind artists, as well as sighted artists from around the world, from people like the Wiggles, the ex-ambassadors, people from, you know, completely all over the world. And we will be doing it again on the in 2022, which is the other, which is, that's another side of what I do. And I would uh, work, do that with a number of other people, but um, it, ha- it ha- basically has my name on it. it. It's another, it's just something I can, that that more that's more of a that's more of a kind of giving back to and but it also means that I'm promoting promoting artists not only in Australia but worldwide uh, that then opens up opportunities for them as well. Mm. Do you think it's more difficult for people who are blind or vision impaired to make it in the music industry, and particularly as agents and managers? Look, I think I think that's generally the case everywhere. Um, I'd, but I wouldn't say that that should deter deter people from doing it. Uh, I mean, as you, I mean, I'm I'm pretty driven at what I do, and I, you know, I I do well at what I do, whether it's IT accounting or music management, um, and that's just that's just me. But look, if you've got an idea and you and you want to you want to pursue it, give it a go. I mean, in my view, you know, give it a go, and if if you fail, it's it's not it's it's nothing bad. It means mm-hmm. that you you know it didn't quite work, but I think you should never. You should never knock back opportunities when they come along to actually get out there and, and do something. And if you're passionate about it, um, go after it, really. I'm really interested in your comment that um, because it's not very many people who can sit there and admit up front that they're good at what they do. And I'm really interested to follow that up with you. What is it about you, do you think, that makes you good at anything you do? Well, I wouldn't necessarily say I would say that, but that's what other people say, <laughs> especially my wife. But it, it's 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 a case of you know we you know we get for example we I, I'll, I'll take an artist I'll pitch them at the national flag raising ceremony in Canberra two years running and they're on TV on ABC between nine and ten o'clock on Australia Day, uh, and they get to sing the national anthem and they get to sing a uh, this is in the case of both Rachel and Lara where they got to sing. 
a song with the ANU um, 10, 10 strong choir. And that's, you know, that's a pretty special occasion for them, for them, and certainly, you know, national coverage. And then in, in my case, it's uh, okay. We know who, who the contact is. We we do a pitch to them. We talk to them about this is, this is their experience. This is examples of what they have done. I'm, I'm confident that the people I work with, uh, in terms of the artists are passionate about what they do and they're really driven. And if they're not happy with the song, they'll redo that song and they'll redo that song again. Um, so when they actually get up there and sing it, they, they're confident and they're, they're good in what they do. So, I mean, I, all I do is I just I put the same passion into what my artists do. I in return do the same for them. Mm. And you know, sometimes no is no, and you don't get any further. And but don't get discouraged by that. You know, you look at other opportunities. But I think in general, with what um, you know, both Connor Lara and uh, Connor Lara and Rachel have achieved, I think they've done some wonderful things in the last three to five years, despite. Uh, Having COVID, despite the COVID and the pandemic and all of that, uh, you adjust, you adapt, you you go online, you make sure that you're writing music in the background, you so that when COVID you come out of COVID, you've you've got a plan. Uh, and one of the other things I would say is always have a plan B. Mm. Um, you know, if something isn't, if you don't think that's going to work, what other options have you got? I mean, I've had numerous situations where I've had um, an opportunity, and it might have. For, might have been interstate, uh, and they were like, well, this is the budget. This is all we've got. Um, and, you know, clearly one of my artists, you know, or two of my artists, it might be just pointless and they're not prepared to pay airfares and so forth. So I will turn around and say, okay, well, let me give you another artist on my roster. We still do the gig. But that's still an opportunity for the future that, you know, may, you, for example, we uh, had Rachel do the uh, National Anthem at uh, the 2018 20th anniversary Adelaide 500 uh, in front of 95,000 people, which I told her later, which was probably a good thing. Um, but that's working with supercars has led to um, two national anthems in 2020, four in 2021, two, two hopefully so far this year. Uh, so I will have had an artist at nearly every circuit in Australia mm. and working you know building relationship with supercars uh, means that then not only can we provide people for their national anthems but we can provide opportunities for their corporate gigs we can provide opportunities outside supercars in that environment where you know these artists get known uh, and building a relationship with people like supercars and, and you know national flag raising ceremony and other organizations and some you know very good national um, booking agencies is 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 key because it, having you know fifteen artists allow, allows me to um, be able to pitch and give them the opportunity of a variety of artists that they can use for different gigs that they may have. So, from my perspective, in terms of running a business, is that gives me greater access to more gigs and it gives them greater opportunity for more artists. And it gives you the buying power, I suppose. It's it's really, I think, what I'm hearing from you is it's all about networking, marketing your artists, but in, in doing so, you're marketing ostensibly your product, uh, yes. which, which markets your brand. And so when you provide an artist, people trust you. Is, is that fair? 
I think that's very fair. I think mm. it's, you know, I've, I've taken a lot from business development, even product development across to the, the music industry. Uh, I think it's something that um, it is that those kinds of skills are transportable between industries, certainly. But I, I pride myself on the fact that I know that um, my artists are good and I'm always going to push the fact that um, they may have a disability, but you should look at the, the ability, not the disability. Sure, I'm managing them. Uh, and you know there's a financial reward but I think there's a more of a personal reward in that you know that you can see them up there or you see them on TV and you know I've, I've managed to help them do that and that feels really good. Mm. You've gone from working in accountancy and working in information technology to working in the music industry from a financial mm. perspective without going into detail has it been worth it for you? Um, probably not mm. but it really is it's uh, it's something more than just just the job. It's something that's you know I'm really passionate about, and for me, it's it's about seeing success, uh, both financially and personally. What about from a sustainability point of view? You've done it for uh, what I reckon about seven or eight years now. How do you see your business moving into the future? And um, you know, will there be uh, a new crop of artists coming along for you to represent, or do you see yourself expanding? Or you know, how does that look for you? Well, my wife works with me now, doing all of the back end things that um, that uh, I don't do anymore, which is great. That's fantastic. She's fantastic support. And there's there's obviously opportunities, um, but we would to do that. You would need to bring on more artists that would need to, you know, be obviously, um, be, be be making money too to to be able to expand the business. Obviously, you, I can't expand it with what I've got, um, and that's that's you know pretty obvious. But uh, down the track, there's there's uh, and hopefully with something like White Stick Fest on and promoting. The fact that you know people with a disability can can be successful, can get out there, can earn money from a music career, that that may in turn um, be a positive experience for Platinum Creative too. Mm. If you knew when you started your business uh, eight years or so back uh, what you know now, would you have done it, or would, is there something you would have done differently? Um, I don't know whether I would have done the degree. That's in that's an interesting point. I probably would have started earlier. You know. It, Music has such a passion to me because mm. back in the back back when I was really young, um, that's one of the things I was an only child. That was one of the things I was really was really part of my life when I was. Um, I had a keyboard, got a keyboard when I was four or five years of age, maybe six or so. I learned playing. I learned to play piano when I was seven. Um, but even back then, I would hear a song on the radio and I could play it within you know two or three minutes because I could match the pitch to the piano pretty quickly and with that I could just put chords with it so within you know if I heard it three or four times I could then play it so uh, um, my my attachment to music has always been there so I think it's really only as I said before really only been a natural progression to to take that that next step mm. what would you do differently now if you were starting Aside from not doing the degree, do you, do you not feel that that's actually helped you? <laughs> oh, look, I do. No, look at look at. I do feel it's helped me. I think possibly I should have started started it earlier in life. Mm. Potentially, um, no, no question to that. But I think at the same time too, I don't think I would have had all the experience that I do with negotiating and you know doing contracts and all that side of the business that I've gained from business development in a different area that 
that's still beneficial to what I do, to what I do every day now. So uh, I think it's it's been a benefit. You know, I don't think um, I think you'd, you you've just got to you can't necessarily change the past. You look to the future. But I think probably uh, I and I was I was look it, it took me a while to it took me you know really two years to decide you know how what it would look how it would look at uni we did we did a business we did a business plan so I got to you know do that at a university level to you know iron out all the kinks and that sort of thing so when I started the business I knew I had and you know even at that even at that point I had mentors not only within the industry but with um within uni and um one of them uh, um an arts lawyer now i still speak to um you know run ideas past him because he's been doing this for 40 years so i'm i'm very much willing to take on information and and assistance and help to to make sure i do get it right would you say mentoring is something that's important to anyone starting a small business definitely absolutely really really important to because it, it it highlights you know the pitfalls you can make it highlights what you need to do. And I, I spent, you know, of those two years, I went to Melbourne Music Week and got to speak to people within the industry and speak to people within the Australian uh, Association of Artist Managers and Music Victoria, talk to them about artists, talk to them about starting my business, take on all that information to then, you know, assess whether, you know, whether this is an opportunity or whether it's not an opportunity. Um, you've got to remember, I was studying part-time and still working. So uh, until I I did the diploma part-time. So uh, I was still working three days a week back in 2014-15. So I still had my finger in, certainly in, in, in a paid role. Uh, and this was just developing an opportunity to see whether it was worthwhile, um, certainly. And I think, it, I think that's at that point I decided that uh, I want to pursue this further. And uh, and and see what see what could come from it. Mm. There's a lot of really useful information there. Is there anything else that you would advise uh, people who are blind or vision impaired if they're thinking about stepping into the music industry, particularly uh, at the level of agent or manager? I think um, well, uh, my details are out there if anyone wants to get in contact. Uh, one of the things I would suggest is find out all the information you can from people with people in the industry that are trusted whether it's within organizations that are you know music victoria other other organizations that can help you go through that process i think it's important to make sure that you do your research do your homework uh and you know even just talking to people i think will help you make those decisions don't don't be scared to go into the music industry because you've got a disability or an eye condition uh, I think a lot of people with with a disability prove time and time again that they have to get to where they've got to they have they've done things a lot harder than other potentially other people uh, and they're more driven and if they will if they want to achieve something, they will achieve it, and that's only that's that's proved by uh, proved by my artists in what they're achieving. Um, Platinum Creative is um, out there all on social media. Uh, we're out there. We've got a website, 
platinumcreative.com. Um, has all our artists on it, on all our services with what with what we offer. Uh, if anyone is interested that is in the music industry and obviously doesn't necessarily uh, need to have a disability, of course, I'll, I work with anyone. And um, But I would, what I would encourage people that, that are thinking of um, entrepreneurship or they've got a really good idea is um, talk, talk to your family, talk to friends, talk to people that you can trust and then um, follow through with a, a plan with a view to um, turning an idea into something positive and concrete. Duncan, thanks for joining us on the on the podcast. And uh, it's great to hear more about your business. And uh, hopefully people will get in touch. I hope so too. Thank you so much. And Duncan's business is called Platinum Creative. If you'd like to find out more information, you can look it up on the website. And remember that Duncan did mention that it has an eight in it as opposed to the usual spelling. You've been listening to episode two of An Eye for Business. This podcast is put together in partnership between Blind Citizens Australia and Vision Australia. Thanks to all of the people who have contributed. Remember that An Eye for Business is very closely related to the Eye to the Future webinar series, which runs between October and December of 2022. If you'd like more information, you can contact Blind Citizens Australia on 1800 0330 660 or you can email bca at bca.org au you have been listening to an eye for business exploring the entrepreneurial mindset of people who are blind or vision impaired this is a series of programs brought to you in partnership between blind citizens australia and vision australia join us again next week